fan of movies. Or comics. Or video games. Or just anything else nerdy. Well, you should check out the Zing Zing This This Podcast. Podcast. And that's spelled Z-E-N-G. This. And we have nerdy topics from comic book reviews to in-depth analysis of iconic nerdy movies. As well as video game discussions. Mm Mm-hmm. Where's some of the best places to find us, Allie? Well, Podbean, of course. You can also find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play. Anywhere else you listen to your podcast. Podcasts. Yeah. So check us out. Once again, that is Zing, Zing this. this. Got that bitches and wickies. Oh, Love yeah. Wickies. Bitches love wikis, man. That's that's how we're starting this episode out. This is a continuation <laughs> of the of the before recording button was hit conversation that we were talking about. Uh, I'm looking up a Justice League wiki so we can talk about Justice League today, and uh, and and of course, I'm all about them wikis. Mm. There is definitely something lost where we would literally just show up to the studio, sit down, and just start chatting because you know we're friends. We just start chatting about things. We get into conversation. And usually Rob and I don't even notice, but you've pushed the record button. And that's usually how we get our cold opens is Rob and I don't know we're recording until you're suddenly like, this is episode whatever. Like, oh, yeah, I guess this is the time, isn't it? <laughs> and, and, I, and I sneakily record. Yes, this, this is exactly how it goes down each time. So now, yeah. now, we're, now we're having these conversations and it's just sort of like uh, it should be like hot mic'd. We should always be hot mic'd. Like the second we sit down or like connect on, uh, on Discord. Actually, Discord would be great if it had a, a record feature like uh, Zoom does. Microsoft Teams does other meeting apps use a recording feature. It'd be nice to see something like that in Discord. Yeah, I don't know if it does. It has a lot of features that I just don't pay attention to. <laughs> yeah, well, when we're big time, we won't do hot mic. We'll just get somebody to like record us like uh, like mid nineties MTV style. So it'll be like <laughs> it'll be like hot mic, but of video. See, and I figured we'd do a "Where Are They Now?" segment. <laughs> I'd be on the street drunk, like "Fuck you, give me a coin." <laughs> I, I wear shirts primarily with the nipples cut out. <laughs> like <laughs> that's that's my thing, and I have cats. all I can imagine is you as the guy from uh, Mad Max, the bullet guy who had like the nipple tassels attached to each other. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't he like anchored to the car by the nipple thing, by like nipple chains or something like I, that? I can't remember. There was so much fucked up in that movie. I think my brain was overloaded <laughs> with fuckery, so I didn't really process everything. But you have to imagine, to those people who live in that world, it makes sense. Like, all of that makes sense to them. You want, you want, you know, chains, you know, grappling your nipples and, like, holding you steady to, like, a moving vehicle instead of a seatbelt? That makes perfect sense to us in this world, right? Like, you have to try and, like, empathize. Oh, oh, my cat just meowed. Oh. Uh... <laughs> See, she thought it was the cat's meow. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, the, the problem is I don't know where their fucking mind is at. I can only assume <laughs> LSD and yes. cocaine yes. Um, and dehydration. So Dehydration probably plays a big, a big role in this scenario, I'm sure. Was that your cat again? It is. He's up on the table. That's hilarious. <laughs> ah, you can leave him in there. The internet loves cats. Oh, the internet does love cats. That's going to be good. That's going to be good for business, man. It's going to be booming for business, the podcast business. Is that what we're uh, going to do? That's our if this podcast fails, we're just going to put mic we're just going to mic up cats and put that on the internet. It'll make us five it'll make us so much money. We'll be rich. I have bad news about the pod. It failed a long time ago, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> 
we've been we've been we've been just riding on people's good graces here. But hey, it, it was it's actually been a good month. In fact, May uh, has been our best month since September last year, which was our biggest month ever. So oh, good. it's been. So it seems it's like been, there's a trend with people. Yeah, it, it definitely dipped over over the heaviest COVID months, and, and but it was it was steady. It was like the exact same amount of listens every single month for like three months, and then all of a sudden May it's kind of blown up, so we're on the upswing again. But that's how it goes, man. I, I think there's reason to believe that people don't listen to every podcast episode. Like I don't. <laughs> I don't know no. exactly what what it's like, but uh, I know for some of them that I listen to, um, you know, I'll kind of pick and choose if there's a topic that I'm into. So that's why it's always good to kind of uh, put the topics in the notes. So then people, you know, who have a lot of podcasts to listen to can say like, oh, well, this episode, maybe not for me. Maybe I'll hit them up next week or whatever. And that's fine. I don't judge you that much. I uh, Just a little bit. <laughs> hey, I've done it. Shh, don't tell, tell all the other podcasters. <laughs> But they could always make up for it by just giving to our Patreon. Like, that's always okay. Yeah, that works just fine. <laughs> that's always fine. Well, this is episode 91 of Road and Geek Official Podcast. This is Alex Austin, and not in the room with me today, I have... Uh, isolated plebeian Adam. And Rob is MIA. We don't know where he is, what he's doing. Actually, we know exactly where he is and what he's doing. Listen, I so. can't tell you much, but um, both the President Trump and the Prime Minister Trudeau did show up while I was hanging out with him and they grabbed him into a car. He seemed willing to do it, but they seemed like they needed him for something. I don't know what it was. They offered him a gun and some identity papers, but that's all I know. No, no, they they pulled up in like a sparkling, like burgundy H2. And we're just like, (laughs) hop in, sucker. We're going for a ride. It's your kids. (laughs) Yeah. I love this. I love this scenario. <laughs> I could totally see Rob just getting in the car with him. No problem. So actually, he, he would probably offer to drive him in his, uh, what does he drive? What is that? The Mini? Some type, yeah, some Mini. Some British yeah, car. So, some British type of car. Mini. Yeah, some type. But it's not It's not a Mini Mini. It's like a mid-sized Mini. Yeah, he basically drives the equivalent of a trophy wife's car. <laughs> What's well, because he's a trophy wife. <laughs> oh, my God. It all makes sense now. It all makes sense. Oh, this is this is great. I miss Rob. Uh, so today we got some news. We're gonna start with actually we got a whole handful of news items. We're gonna start with, and then for the feature item uh, after that we will get into Adam's five most meaningful games of all time. Ooh. How was that? You'll, that learn, really, you'll learn a lot about me. That <laughs> you will learn a lot about him, and and I I'm anxious for this man because this is now the third week we've attempted recording this segment. And it'll be the second time we've attempted to get to yours, but we ran long last time, so we're finally there. And I'm very excited for it, so pretty cool. And that'll be kind of it, then some playing and watching. Uh, I I do have quite a bit to talk about regarding Witcher 3, which I'm deep into. It's the first Witcher game I've played extremely in-depth, and uh, I've been having a lot of fun, so I can't wait to talk about it. Nice. You played it too, right? Did you ever play it? Oh, I love that game. Okay, good, good, good. Okay, so you'll be able to help me then. Because uh, I need tips. I need tips and tricks. You're <laughs> like, just uh, the tips. back in the day in EGM, there used to be the, the Q-Man. The court, what was he called? The Quartermaster? The, Q, the Q-Master? I can't remember what he was called, no, but he was, the guy, I, he was the guy with all the cheats. And he would no. always have like the last couple pages in the magazine for cheats. So now, now you're that guy, but for Rona Geek Official Podcast. <laughs> I never had those gaming cheats. My, my secret to cheats was my older brother. <laughs> well, I used to get a couple gaming magazines. So I was, I was the kid who would like, other kids would call 
And and the like, they're like, yo, you got to cheat for such and such a game. And back in the day, there was cheats for like everything. So I'm like, yo, let me let me go to my magazines. I'll look it up. I'll see what I can find you. I think at some point I'd cataloged the cheats that I had access to. So this was obviously before all the cheats were on the internet. So this would have been like 95, 96, 97. Where you had to trade and, them uh, in the in the grade school recess yard. Well, basically, or just you know over you know telephone because we did have those, and uh, people would call <laughs> me. So. <laughs> It was, but uh, th- that was I was that kid though, man. I was all about the cheats. Still am, still am. Cheater. And uh, yeah, if you need cheats, you let me know. I'll deal you I'll some cheats. I'll you up, man. I got the cheats for you, man. <laughs> I just I open, I open my trench coat to reveal, or no, it's a duster. But I open a duster to reveal, <laughs> <laughs> to reveal, and it's got an Assassin's Creed symbol on the back. And I open it to reveal a shirt with the nipples cut out. And and the <laughs> the the inside is just lined with old game magazines. <laughs> <laughs> You're under a street lamp with a Konami code. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, hey, kid, kid, you want that Shadows of the Empire debug cheat? It's L R Z L four C up down right left. <laughs> I got everything for him, man. I got you a game genie. <laughs> Yo, man, you you got any, you got any of that game shark? Get the fuck out of here, kid. We don't deal any game shark here. We don't deal none of that second class, bottom shelf garbage. So that's yeah, it's game genie or bust. Like that's 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 that's, that's me as a cheat code dealer. So <laughs> you're a high end cheat code dealer. Got it. <laughs> only high end. Only high end. Yeah, yeah. As high end as you can be. So I, I deal in like uh, like Sims One nude cheats because that's like you got it. <laughs> Real high class shit. So anyway, we'll get into the news items now because this has gone on for long enough. We're calling a stop to it. Everybody else is calling a stop to it, I'm sure, as well. Sony announced today that The Last of Us 2 and Ghost of Tsushima, these are first-party titles, would hit PS Now day and date with their street date releases, which is wild. Yeah. Yeah, for real. They're changing their style up. I mean, it's probably a good thing because people, I would love to say, oh, people aren't going out and buying games like they used to in the field. But totally they did when Doom and uh, uh, Animal Crossing came out. Yeah. So that would just be a blatant lie. Best best selling game of the year so far is actually Final Fantasy VII Remake in North America. So that just goes sense. to show, just goes to show it didn't, didn't require uh, physical stores to be open. GameStop, I feel for you. But I hope you're still selling some games. <laughs> They're and, going the uh, way of Blockbuster. Basically, yeah. And and this basically marks a major shift in policy for Sony, who up until now, they've obviously relegated uh, all their PS Now to older titles and classic first and third party titles. So you could log in there and find like PS2 games. You could, you could find PS3 games. You could find like uh, like Activision, you know, PS2, PS3 games. You could find Assassin's Creed and stuff like that on there. Uh, and now they're opening it up for for not just older first party titles or or bestseller first party titles or greatest hits, I guess is what Sony calls them. They're now opening it up for brand new titles as well, which is not unlike Microsoft strategy uh, with their Xbox service, right? Because their what is their game service called? You you can play their first party titles day and date on day one as well. Oh, I I, I don't pay. Game pay. Pass. Game Pass. It's called Game Pass. And, oh, okay. Uh, yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> and uh, so it's a, it's a similar strategy, not a bad idea. In fact, uh, I'm curious now with, with Sony and Microsoft on board if Nintendo also toys with an idea like that for their first-party titles, even just for their older ones, would be great because there's a lot that I wouldn't buy but I would like to play. I'm looking at, you know, Luigi's Mansion 3, uh, Captain Toad Treasure Tracker, so, uh, the Donkey Kong Ice Blast Kingdom whatever that came out, uh, all Ice that Age. stuff. Yeah, yeah, oh, Ice Age, yeah. And... <laughs> it's it's Ice Age now, and uh, it would be great to have a place to play that was without having to buy individually for Canadian, you know, eighty bucks a pop. I think I'll be honest. I I, I think I've changed my mind recently. Um, I used to be adamantly, no, you give me a physical copy. This way, if your servers ever go away or you stop selling it, I can still play my games. I can still play the game. I own it. Fuck you. When I buy it, it's mine. Um, I used to be like that. But then I started running out of game space for my shelves. That was my one problem. And my second problem was um, I kind of stopped caring because any game that I wanted to go back to and play were all games that are getting remastered anyway. So what the fuck do I care? Yeah, and, and those are all released as digital anyway now, right? So And, and, and I'm looking at Final Fantasy VII Remake, which I really wanted the physical copy of that game but just because of the situation i ended up just buying it digital and downloading it on day one and uh it, it was fine it's fine and then i did the same thing with the witcher uh witcher 3 the complete edition because that was on sale for 20 bucks on on uh, <laughs> wow, playstation really? network yeah when the regular game was still 55 so i was like well okay i'm gonna buy this for 20 bucks that's like what a couple hundred hours of gameplay that i get out of that eventually for 20 bucks that's the best deal for that game dude that that game is worth so much more that game is still worth full price today okay? it was it was a dirty deal and uh and i jumped all over it and i'm very glad i did because i've been playing the crap out of that on playstation i was kind of holding out for the switch edition to come down in price but it's just not so anyway it, it's it's working out better on playstation anyway i think it would be a challenging game to play on the switch so just based on what i've experienced so far so anyway we'll get into that later so go yeah, back to I, sony though yeah ultimately i support sony's decision because this is them taking the first you know toe in the water for a what happens if we just don't release a product physically at all what if we because really AAA titles always release a physical copy and i think for consoles you kind of have to do that but I think we're going away from that, especially with the new generation. I think the new generation, they're starting to realize SSDs are a big deal. Both of them have SSDs and both of them are fairly sizable SSDs. So I think if they start to bump up the sizes of the console hard drives, which I still think they'd have to bump it up to like at least two terabytes, um, which I think right now the maximum is one terabyte. I could be wrong. It could be 500 gigs. But ultimately... No, one, one terabyte. Yeah, one terabyte. Okay. Bit. Yeah. If they go to that and they bump that up a bit higher, you know, two or five terabytes, honestly, they could release everything digital. They don't yeah. need physical anymore. And I don't think the world would be that upset. The Australians might be pissed because their internet sucks. Yeah, their bandwidth is rough, yeah. Yeah, but they're also, you know, descendants of ex-cons. So what the hell do you want? <laughs> what, the... <laughs> what, what about the aboriginals? They, they deserve better internet. You're right. They do. Sorry. <laughs> I apologize, Aboriginal. You're better than everyone else. What, 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 what about the, uh, the 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 wild animals down there too? They they deserve good internet. Everybody. You fuck the kangaroos. <laughs> Rock wallabies, wallabies, and wombats. We're over here getting our internet. I can't even do it. I can't even do it right now. I can't do it on, on command. 
I, I'm, I'm, yeah, it, mine was automatically turning into like South African accent or something like that. So <laughs> I don't even know what that was. Anyway, so moving on, Sony also so, ran a state of play with eight minutes of Last of Us Two today. Oh, uh, uh, nice. Yeah, yeah. So I don't funny. care about the game, but nice. <laughs> yeah, well, interestingly, so that's actually where I was going to go with this topic. Uh, so there is a guy on, and let me pull his info up here so I don't, so I don't get him wrong. Uh, so I'll give him a quick shout out here. He is called at uh, Benji Sales on Twitter, and he claims to be an independent video game uh, industry analyst, and he covers everything in the video game industry, sales data, and gaming news in general. That's what his bio says. And he likes to keep an eye on things when the state of plays come out. Uh, because they stream it on both YouTube and Twitch when Sony does State of Plays. So, and this was like an oh, okay. eight-minute session with uh, with Last of Us Part Two. So he says uh, in his tweet today, "I keep a very keen eye on social metrics. Something I've noticed is the Last of Us Part Two is not ramping up on social media the way that other record holders like God of War and Spidey PS4 did. Today's The Last of Us State of Play peaked at ninety-eight thousand concurrent. Ghost of Tsushima peaked at over a hundred and eighty thousand. So oh. major difference. And, and Ghost of Tsushima is not an established IP. It's a brand new IP from Sony, a first party title from Sony as well. So it's not being advertised over, you know, Microsoft and PC and things like that. And uh, so it's just interesting that Last of Us Part Two, given, given you know, the fact that, hey, we're all home right now, like most people are home still uh, and, and, and have a way to watch it. And, uh, and yet that didn't happen. So I, I don't know, man. I don't know if it bodes poorly or, or well for the game I, I think it's hard to tell from stuff like this but uh, it's just interesting because this is a game that's had a seven year development cycle what mm-hmm. it's been seven years since the last since the last of us one dude it has been seven years <laughs> oh my just, god i'm so old <laughs> dude it came out it came out the same year as grand theft auto 5 and bioshock infinite Holy shit! And like Assassin's Creed Black Flag, <laughs> like dude, it it's was so some, it was so long ago. Hey, it's got some good stain power because people still talk about that game. But that so that's amazing. I, I I give it credit that I didn't know it was that old. Yeah, yeah, and uh, so so I don't know. This could be an example of like development cycle fatigue, um, which I think sets in with some games once they've hit uh, a certain length of time in development and uh, some of the interest tends to go away. So I think uh, Final Fantasy VII Remake kind of bucked the trend, though, because that that had, I mean, technically it was like a 15-year history in the in the spotlight, right? Sure, Since, but uh, yeah, yeah. that also had a giant-ass nostalgia kick. Like, that was a giant line of cocaine of nostalgia. Like, you can't... It could have been 10 years from now. We still all would have loved it. There, there's no amount of time that game could have taken that it would have been wrong, except for Duke Nukem uh, Forever amount. Oh, sorry. I was just hitting that Final Fantasy VII remake again. Oh, buddy. Oh, buddy. <laughs> Woo! You're eight- I was just doing a line of ATB. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just hitting some of that, some of that support material. <laughs> mm, oh buddy hitting some of that mako and uh <laughs> yes that's final fantasy 7 remake everybody but um yeah sony interesting moves happening on the sony front they also revealed some other games they've been steadily releasing items over state of play like short videos on on the twitch and youtube over the last couple weeks they've included uh, a whole slew of new indie ips like freaking two dozen of them like i i didn't even bother writing them down because there's just so many like if you're interested in indie titles with sony go and look it up because oh my god on their youtube there are so many videos of new ips uh it's just it's hard to even get into like i didn't even want to they kind of have to because 
right now it looks like in the uh, the mind space or whatever you want to call it, market space, market mind, whatever, the human mind, I think the Xbox, the sex box is winning over people right now. I think it's said to have a better, it has a great design. We've actually seen it physically and it's got, according to my understanding, it's got better specs and people are just thinking about it more often right now. So I think Sony's trying to, hey guys, look at me. Well, I'm I, th- Mr. I think Sony. about <laughs> I think about the Xbox SEX at least twice a day. So I'm I'm very excited for it. Very very excited for it. So and and they still have yet to adopt that as the official name for the system, as is the abbreviated name for the system. But uh, I can tell you they will. They definitely yeah, will. Yeah, oh, for sure. It's yeah. there is no brainer marketing choice there. <laughs> they could have a good uh, partnership with Pornhub. Oh yeah, man! They could have like a like a like a four K like background, like a like. A oh yeah, and they can background. have it. You can plug in, interact with all your items. But they can add like a three D goggles to it. They could make some good money. You could you could you could rope in the connect with that. You could get some connect somehow, like freaking. <laughs> yeah. Oh god, <laughs> the connect cameras just watching you all awkward. You're like, you, you just kind of you're just sitting there. You're like, Ugh, and then you're like, oh fuck, and you just turn the camera around so it doesn't look at you. Like I can't, you can't look at me when, when I'm. When you doing build this. a player in Madden, you can put your O face in there. It's gonna be sweet, man. <laughs> People are into it. <laughs> The, oh, the Mario Party games get a lot weirder at that point. Oh, dude, it would be so awkward, so awkward. But that's what the Connect was all about: very awkward experiences and and some minor racism. So good times, good <laughs> times with the Connect. So the, the first racist machine we've ever had, as far as I know. And that's it for the Sony news that I had. Uh, did you want to get into more game news before we get into movie news? No, I want to get into, well, yeah, okay, fine. We're going to we're gonna avoid game news for just a second because I shit myself one morning. I woke up and the first thing I do usually when I wake up is I just sort of quickly look at the news while I lay in bed actually waking up. Yeah. And the one of the first articles that came up was military shoots laser at drone. Oh, shit, what? I saw that. Yeah, there's some images <laughs> online. Yeah, and I'm like, wait, what? What the fuck? Yeah. So it, 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 I, it, I went down this this pothole, but basically they revealed publicly, uh, oddly enough, and to mil- to probably trying to make a point to someone, um, you know, because they showed it off in the Pacific Ocean. Yeah. I wonder who they're trying to show it off to. Ooh, I wonder. Yeah. Yeah. Um, China. China. Um, China. Ch- China. Uh, anyway, and so yeah, it, it uses the one. So they had one. That was actually debuted in 2014, I guess. That was 30 megawatts of power. And it does just use infrared light, by the way. So the same thing you use. It's literally the same technology, the same energy wave as you use to change the channel on your TV. Mm. Yeah. Or, Or if you're older than that, it's the same technology you use to trade things without a cable when you had the old Game Boys. Well, what they've done, obviously is they've stockpiled all of the old VCR remotes that we don't use anymore and all the old <laughs> DVD player remotes. They've stockpiled them all. They've roped them all together and pointed to them at, at, a, at, a, at a convex piece of glass, and they're using that <laughs> to focus the light and take down satellites and drones. That's what's going on here, man. That's what's yeah, going on. Yeah, one guy accidentally blew up his TV trying to change it to NHL, and they're like, we could militarize that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Dude, yeah, apparently it's been around since 2014, and I just never fucking noticed. But, dude, you could easily, like, uh, I think my brother had gotten one one time. You could get flashlights 
off of the internet that come directly from China that are so powerful that you're not supposed to point them at airplanes because yeah, they, they would yeah, they would light the airplane up from like the ground from like yeah, twenty five thousand feet away. <laughs> no, I'm not yeah, even talking like are... I'm not even talking like laser. I'm talking about oh. just like flashlights that are that powerful. So, dude, holy the, shit! The Chinese got this this light technology on lockdown, and they're they're selling it to any rando overseas who will pay him like 40 or 50 bucks so have you ever wanted to blind everyone in a stadium well now you can <laughs> boom yeah in fact i saw an ad uh facebook showed me an ad the other day for a flashlight that is that is like that it, you could focus it forward or pull pull this thing back and it becomes like a lantern situation and shows everything around you in, in your periphery huh. too so I, I think that technology is, is is out there just not for infrared but yeah dude it doesn't surprise me that this year the military has revealed some pretty freaking crazy things, like we mentioned a couple episodes ago about the UFO situation. Yeah. They're, they're they're basically confirming the existence of the unidentified flying object, not alien ship, just now, UFO. I'm just thinking they're they're broadcasting all of these cool things. Uh, they're also talking about like AI ships, fully automated, no human being on it, AI tanks and everything. And all I could think about is what they're doing is they're throwing out all this stuff so that we're distracted. We won't notice it. Well, yeah, and, like, are they doing it, like, because we're on the verge of fighting, like, a kaiju or something? Like, what's happening right now? <laughs> what is even we're happening in... right now? Well, he's getting it ready for Space Force. Space Force, that's right. I'm very excited for Space Force. That'd be great. Yeah, I'm, be thinking, great. I'm thinking of enlisting. So, yeah, that's 150 that they put out, and they shot down a drone with it. And they're like, yeah, it can take out small, small vehicles. They didn't really specify how small, what they classify as small. But I guess the the military, the armed forces, so the land, the land, the army is working on a 300 megawatt that can take down a missile. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. And it costs supposedly basically the amount of the, the 150 one. So the one they tested just the other day, um, it costs roughly 10 American dollars. So that's like $300 Canadian to fire. Uh, <laughs> well, dude, if they if they pile on like another few hundred VCR remotes with that kind of <laughs> with that kind of sheer infrared volume and capacity, oh my god! Like it'll cost them at least fifteen dollars to fire the next one. So, oh, um, for sure, which for is sure. actually pretty cheap because I think I think uh, conventional like ballistics cost quite a lot more than that. Oh yeah, you fire one missile off of a ship that could take down a drone, and that's easily upwards of you know three thousand. I would say even like like a fifty cal tank armor piercing round costs around fifteen Fuck, or twenty bucks, like a single round, right? No, it's way more than that. It's way from a tank. It's way more. It's a thousand bucks. No, no, I mean, but you I fire... mean like from from like uh from no 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 not not from the tank like the big like the big tank gun. I mean like the top gun, the one the one that's on. The oh top. okay yeah, yeah. Oh, those are like a hundred bucks a, a bullet. Yeah, I bet. Yeah, it's just crazy how expensive that stuff is. So anyway, lasers definitely a cost-effective way to bring things down out of the sky. So, and I bet, so I bet they're going to take them and try to get those UFOs. Yeah, that's what I'm they're connecting for. the they're dots. Like, first, we revealed the UFOs. Now we revealed the gun to take them down. And now we reveal that we are literally in full-on war with this alien race. <laughs> <laughs> they're just slowly releasing more and more technology that they've had for ages from the aliens they've been fighting the whole time, and no one's known. COVID was just a false flag, people. COVID was a false flag. I'm going all was, Alex Jones. I'm going Alex Jones in here. It was pandemic warfare from the aliens. <laughs> The turn of the aliens gay. <laughs> it's how you beat them. You shoot them with the gay ray. They start making it's, sweet, sweet love. You got and good it. on them and good on them. <laughs> They're distracted, though. And then you blast them with the laser. 
Man. So it's science to, to quickly veer off of that. Let's go to um, an, a news article that I did. I thought I would be upset at one point in my life, but I, I just don't care anymore. Mm. Probably because they've done me dirty too much recently. Mm. Is uh, BlizzCon 2020 has been canceled? Oh, that's right. That's right. I know our friends at Geek Freaks Pod are very upset because they were they report live from uh, from BlizzCon. So sorry to, oh. to Frank and the boys. I'm sorry, guys. It sucks that this has happened. However, uh, we we have to take a moment to shred Blizzard. So you might want to tune out for this one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, well, I you know they're I, I used I used to love them, um, and you'll get that from my list. But um, they've done me dirty a little too often re- recently. I don't think they're so dirty that they can't recover from this nosedive. But I just don't care about this BlizzCon. I just I don't give a shit. Give me Shadowlands, and I'm good. They're probably you, gonna announce. You know what we got? We got for you. We got Diablo for cell phones. Here you go, buddy. Enjoy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> so oh, speaking of the old, speaking of the old timey, uh, you know, kind of cool stuff. There's a third party group, the people who make the original Xbox, right? The original Xbox One, not the Xbox One, the One Xbox, the the X, Xbox Number One. Um, the, <laughs> they, um, the people who do the emulation for it, who program that, yeah. They're, some of the guys are working on resurrecting Xbox Live for original Xboxes, getting that network back up and running. Interesting. Why? I guess right now there's a boom for Xbox. You know, people who like to play the older games, they're playing, I guess the big one is the old Xbox right now. It's a big boom Weird. right now. Weird. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I can see that. I, I didn't get that because I know of maybe three games on Xbox that I would play, and only one of them is Halo. So and the rest <laughs> I don't care about. <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, it's interesting. It's it's kind of made it up to that system now. Um, the big waves recently have been. It's been very heavy Nintendo sixty four. It's been very heavy uh, like PlayStation one, I think, as well. So it's it's good to see yep. you know the the era kind of moving forward now. And yeah, it's been nineteen years since the original Xbox came out because it was two thousand one. Um, and I got my mine in two thousand two originally. I remember uh, with the original nice. Halo. So it's been 18 long years since that came out. Hey, the out. Xbox was the first console I ever bought with my own money. Really? So, yep. I was 18 then, so I've lived my whole life over since then. That's tripping <laughs> yeah, me out. That's, it's tripping that's me true. out. Oh, boy. Whew. So the last one is Doom Eternal, which uh, you know I think I it was a good game, great game, fun. Uh, high energy, but uh, it was didn't quite have the fun of the first one, or the they didn't you know take it to the edge like they needed to. I mentioned. Well, it turns out they took it to everyone's edge, so they put together an anti cheat system because this game tends to focus a lot more online. So they put in an anti cheat that a all a bunch of people's antiviruses were like, oh yeah, what the hell did you install there? You know you can't fucking have that. Oh my god, what the fuck are you doing? No 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 no, no don't install that. Oh my god. So a bunch of antiviruses basically triggered the anti cheat program as bad 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 and one of the main reasons was in order to install it it required what's called kernel level access which means if you ever hacked that anti-cheat program oh you have direct access to that person's computer with 100 percent power yeah that's true wow so everyone sort of went yeah no you can't do that that's not the way you program things what the fuck are you doing you nut jobs that's so obviously they they did do the smart thing. I think within basically a week, maybe two weeks, they pulled it off, and they went, "Now we're we're, we're taking that away." What was it? Uh, so. what, what what did an oversight like that originate from? Because that's extreme. 
I think it was good intentions because it was supposed to be a very good at detecting cheats. There's a lot of anti-cheat softwares that just can't detect cheats. It's right. a constant battle. And I think this was supposed to be a way to do it accurately and efficiently, but they just didn't really think about it. They didn't really think, oh, yeah, that's right. Uh, we, They probably went, oh, no, it'll be fine because we're programming it. We're taking care of it. Don't worry. We're fine. It's fine. We got this, guys. Thing. Don't sweat it. Nothing, yeah, absolutely sorry. nothing will go wrong. <laughs> no one trusts anyone with their security, and they shouldn't. So, no, I'm not going to trust you. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, at least they cleaned it up quick, so that's good. Yeah. So that's that's pretty much, that's all I got to bring up. That's cool. it. That's the end of my news. There hasn't really been a heavy news week. So last bit of news, then, that we'll get to is, is some movie news. So coming to HBO Max, I'm pretty sure it's Max, next year is going to be Justice League colon Zack Snyder Cut, or The Zack Snyder Cut. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm going to act like I didn't know this was that news article was coming. Oh, my God, really? Yes, Adam, really. So you're going to be very excited to learn about this. So allegedly, this is a real thing, and it was always a real thing, uh, which the internet... It's funny, he has been poking at for years, but now we know that it's actually true, which is extremely bizarre. So this is uh, yeah. this is originating from sort of an online urban legend, an internet urban legend. You could even go as far as to just say like a Twitter urban legend that, that there was this the, the, in the background with the, around the Justice League film. There's always been a version that Zack Snyder would have directed if it weren't for the fact that he had to cut out due, due to some, some some family issues going on at the time. And, and of course, direction uh, had to be handed off at that time to Joss Whedon. Whedon. Yeah, ended up picking it yep. up from there. So and it became a very different film, right? It became a lot more marvelly <laughs> in terms of its uh, in terms of It became its a lot more um, Suicide Squatty, which we all know how well that went. It did not go great. And what happened then is that the movie came out. It, it was it was not a critical success. It was a monetary success. It made its money and then some. The DC universe has kind of fallen apart since then. So anyway, we're supposed to be getting Wonder Woman 2 this year called Wonder Woman 84, which we're looking forward to. We also had Aquaman that came out. And that, I think at that time, had been the highest grossing DC film out of all of them. Uh, I think it did over a billion dollars worldwide. So, so that was that was one of the bigger ones. Aquaman did more than Wonder Woman. Yes, yes. Oh, that's kind of depressing because Wonder Woman was by leaps and bounds, and you know, over tall buildings was better than Aquaman. Oh, absolutely, absolutely was. And then there was, let's see, the Krypton show that was supposed to tie in, but then didn't, but then also failed, so it's been canceled already. And now this brings us to the modern day, which is the release of the Zack Snyder cut of the Justice League film. And honestly, I'm looking forward to seeing it. Like, I'm I'm, I'm down for this. Yeah, I, I, I'm definitely down for seeing it. And there was a discussion I saw online somewhere, it was a brief little flash, that the expectation is, is somewhere just shy four hours. Holy shit. <laughs> So he was he was making he was making at least two films. <laughs> yeah, and I'm okay with that for a big ensemble movie where they had to ensemble the cast. You can see why because in this movie they made an ensemble cast very quickly, too quickly, right? Uh, with the current the cut that we know, and I think he wanted to spend the time because he realized he didn't earn the ensemble like Marvel did. He had to make the ensemble during the movie. 
Right, right. And so for characters like the Flash and Cyborg, it was just get him in there, right? Including Aquaman, right? Because Aquaman had not had his individual film before then as well. His came after. So the original Justice League. So now now we're left with, uh, yeah, exactly, a two-and-a-half-hour film that tried to shoehorn everything in, used very a very strange, what was it in that movie? It was like... Um, underground or like dark net conspiracy videos that were circulating that sort of let Bruce Wayne onto the fact that these other guys existed. It was really strange. Oh, he, had, he had hacked into like uh, military CIA type footage of these people. Yeah. It's just bizarre to me because I feel like the actual Bruce Wayne would have already known before anybody else. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And somehow Wonder Woman knew before anybody else. So anyway, I guess that's how it goes. But uh, anyway, we are getting the Snyder Cut. It is not coming out until 2021, so don't be too excited about it yet. It's still a ways off, but it is a thing, and it's real, and it's coming. I'm not quite done this discussion because I I, I think this is an important step. It, this and Sonic, those two combined, to me, are changing the very nature of movies. Movies prior weren't a very i don't want to say interactive media it basically a movie would come out that's it that's how this works you're done you'd get a trailer to know what you're about to get but that's pretty much it but with the institution of instant media like we have now there is more capabilities for makers to put out a trailer see how people feel get feelers back and still because it's mostly 3d now have time to change it and I, I think this is one of those things where we as viewers are getting more say in what's going on. I, I don't know if I care one way or another, whether that's good or bad. Some people have some feelings one way. I think it's just different. It's a positive and, thing. It's a positive thing. Dude, the, the people on Twitter, the people on the internet who had the outcry about Sonic saved that movie and then thank the gods they went out to see it afterwards. It made a ton of money. So it, it, That is true. It, it did come to fruition like that. But I could see something bad where someone has a vision like not too dissimilar from the Joker movie where it doesn't quite make sense necessarily on paper, but it's a good movie and you don't want someone to have fucked with that vision. You don't want people to fuck with a vision. And I, I think that can be a problem. I just don't know whether or not it matters because everything else will overshadow it anyway. Yeah, I mean, like, but with the Joker, I feel like there was a whole other movie that was written and then and then it was called like the script was called The Joker and then some exec was like, well, what if it really is the Joker? And they're like, well, what, what are you talking about? Like the Joker, like we're Batman. Can we get... Can That's we... exactly what happened. Yeah. And then, and then, oh, Seriously. then we're going to do it like that. And then it becomes... Seriously, a... the writers were like, we want to write a story about this guy descending into madness. Right. Uh, descending into, you know, hating society and the system and so on and so forth. And they basically went, well, how are we going to get people to come and watch this? And they went, well... We'll make him the Joker. That's interesting. And then they kind of riffed on that. But it started off as not the Joker. Then they went, how can we get people to watch this? And they went, the Joker. So it, that is exactly, it was only the, the name character, the Joker, only came in there to make money because they knew people would identify that name. Oh, yeah. And, and I love that, you know, the character in the movie identifies himself as, a, as the comic Joker. And that's kind of where it came from, too. So it was, you know, there was the whole clown element going on, too. But it was it was just so loose uh, on on the DC mythos and, and not just entirely committed to it, which I really liked. So they did a good job on it. They did a good job. So anyway, hopefully this does bode good news for the future, though. Uh, and I'm curious if it does give another jumpstart to a shared uh, DC universe. So I, I'd be really interested to see if that that actually comes to pass. 
I would hope to see it. Um, I I think it's more. I think its importance is yeah, it's going to be an interesting watch. I'm definitely going to have my eyes on it. But I think it's more important the fact that this was hidden somewhere and now we're getting it because people pushed hard enough and made a loud enough ruckus. And the fact that these things exist, you know that they exist with other movies and other media. And I don't think this trend is going to stop right away. And this is this is a new step. This is the first yeah. step in a new style. Yeah. And ultimate media it's interesting because with this step and also the joker you know from last year i i think they're finally taking some steps in the direction of you know a having i don't know if you'd call them anti-heroes or just enemies or villains or whatever you want to call them who are actually compelling so not unlike you know the, the a lot of the marvel villains who, who are very compelling so they're finally hitting mm -hmm. on that and then hopefully they're able to shoehorn all of these ideas together in the future including including you know whatever great things come out of the Zack snyder cut of the justice league film to make a better shared universe. And and I'd be really interested yep. to see what that flavor is and kind of what they come up with. It's different from Marvel, but also good. And, and I think it's going to be very, 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 very dark, like darker than we've seen before. <laughs> so, I'm okay with that yeah. because I think for a little bit there, DC got the wrong impression. They thought people didn't like their movies because it wasn't upbeat enough. No, we didn't like your movie because it was terribly written and shot. Yeah. And what if <laughs> like you're getting the wrong impression? You can do dark. You just have to do dark good. <laughs> yeah, and hopefully the, the patents in the Batman next year that's supposed to come out is going to be, you know, similarly good as well. So, yeah. Good evening, ma'am. Hey, y'all. What can I do you for? Can I have a glass of Chardonnay? I'm sorry, darling. We don't serve that here. Any Merlot? I'm pretty sure you don't want these feet going nowhere near them grapes. Alrighty, how about a craft beer? Oh yeah, we got plenty of craft beer. Which one you want? No, not craft beer. Craft beer. Oh, no, hell no. I'm, I'm pretty sure the bar down the street serves that. Okay, well what do you serve? I'm glad you asked. Welcome to the Backwoods Barcast. We serve up moonshine, cheap beer, bottom shelf liquor, and stories even harder to swallow. Join Nick and Brittany and the janitor Stephen as we discuss southeastern mysteries and mayhem, including but not limited to UFOs, true crime, the paranormal, and much more. So knock four times, grab a stool, let the bar talk commence, and as always, drink more beer. Cool. So that's that for movie news. And I guess we can now get into the feature item for today, which is going to be Adam's top five most meaningful games of all time. Wow. That got a lot more of a title warrant, you know, impressiveness than I was ever hoping for. I'm probably going to slow it down a little bit, too, so it sounds even more epic. <laughs> Game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It'll, it'll sound like a... Kind of like from Tron. User. <laughs> exactly like Tron. So I'm going to put some, some dubstep in the background, too. <laughs> so there was a lot of discussion about the game itself on yours, and I kind of focused on... Um, not necessarily that the game was a good game. I definitely think that every single game on my list is one of some of the best games of all time. Um, and they're pretty basic. I, I'm, I, as I looked at the list I created, I actually spoke with my brother about it because he had a huge influence in my life. I spoke with my wife, my friends, and I realized I'm a basic bitch gamer. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. 
all my favorite games are, you know, fairly common, I would say. I'd say most people would agree with this list. It's non-offensive. So are you are and you coming in here with like well, Pac-Man, Duck Hunt, like those are the best games of all time? Way worse. Like, oh jeez. <laughs> Way worse. So I'll start off with um when I was younger, I wasn't a jock. At this time in my life, no. the Super Nintendo was no. out. No. <laughs> I was a jock. I did hockey all oh, day really? long every day. Dude, my mind is blown. I, yeah, it, it was a thing. I was huge into hockey. Canadian, right? So it's hockey, not baseball. Or, you know, every season I did a sport. I did all the things. I did umpiring. I was a jock. My brother played hockey. I played hockey all the time. So we did have a Super Nintendo. It didn't drive our lives. It was something we did in between. And my brother and I were very competitive because sports people, sports ball people. Sure. And so we would tend to, because we only had one console, we would tend to play games that we could play together. So the first one had to be a, a comp competitive game and a two-player game. So Super Mario Kart. <laughs> Ooh, okay. I spent most of my youth playing Super Mario Kart with my brother, him beating me, and then us breaking each other's bones. <laughs> and then it turning physical. I got you. Yeah. As things um, do it, with brothers. It was a fantastic game. Um, I should talk about the game a bit. It obviously was fake 3D, um, but they, they're, the fact that they added the slide, the scoot slide, and the, uh, the skidding you know, yeah. right off the bat, it was fantastic. And it is so ingrained in my memory. I have played some of the later Mario Karts on those maps, and it my it's muscle memory still. I can still play those maps muscle memory. Yeah, I think uh, people, you know, maybe not, you know, the younger crowd maybe doesn't realize it, but at the time that came out for Super Nintendo, that was widely regarded as the greatest racing game ever made for a video game console. Like it was beyond yeah. anything anyone had ever seen before. Uh, the sort of the sort of you know parallax backgrounds and how everything meshed together and it was just it was just a beautiful game for its day and the tracks were very challenging and uh and, and it worked so well with the sliding and everything like you're saying i think maybe people don't realize that but man that was that was the shit when it came out yeah and what's weird enough is you have to realize it was such a good game back then even the newer games haven't changed much the graphics have improved but that's pretty much it mm. <laughs> Nothing else has fucking changed. It's the same game. That's how good it was back then. Yeah, the core, the core of the game. They don't even change it anymore. Yeah, the core of the game is definitely still there. I mean, it's easy to elaborate with, you know, as things become more complicated and more more complex, more characters and more tracks and, and more verticality and all those things get added in. But yeah, certainly uh, you could go back. And if you're really good at, say, Mario Kart 8, you'll probably de be decent at, at the original Mario Kart. Like it's, it's. I can tell you that with 100% certainty. I have gone through my life and I don't know how many times I've had I've shown up at people's you know a party at someone's house or hung out with someone and they'll go hey you want to do oh you want to play some Mario Kart I got it for the Wii U the thing that no one fucking plays and I go okay yeah sure I've never played this version of Mario Kart whatever he goes yeah okay well I'll probably beat you I've been playing for a long time okay and I'll get in and I'll fucking annihilate him and go I don't even know how I did that like it's so muscle memory all Mario Kart games are the fucking same it's great so I've played one or two and I can just master the rest that is great that is great so that that one dominated my early youth grade school you know when the super nintendo came out basically prior to my pc days because i wasn't a full-blown nerd yet um <laughs> however the next game i think made me into the nerd that i am rob loves to take onus of that 
he definitely um, catapulted me further into it. But prior to that. meeting, yeah, prior to meeting him, I I got in trouble a lot in grade school. Like we're talking a lot, um, <laughs> <laughs> and so I was grounded a lot. <laughs> I had no idea. And I didn't know you were this 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 young rabble rouser. I had no idea. I, I wasn't a rabble rouser. I just didn't do homework, and my mom wasn't ever oh, happy about that. Oh, I got you. Okay, very good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So instead of going out and playing with my friends, I got stuck inside my bedroom. Well, I didn't have the Super Nintendo in there. That was in a public area. But what I did have was the original Game Boy mm. and Pokemon Blue and Red. <laughs> oh, hell yeah, man. The The, the quintessential JRPG. Yeah, I didn't understand JRPGs. It was my first JRPG, I think. It could have been Chrono Trigger. Uh, my memory is a bit foggy on it. I'm not sure whether it was Chrono Trigger or this, but one of those two was my first JRPG. Mm-hmm. But it was my first JRPG that I got serious at. Let's put it that way. Okay. And it defined, it invented the nerd that you see today. <laughs> It, it broke you down. It molded you in the darkness and created the nerd that we see before us. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was simple enough for a child of that age to understand and get good at and kind of deal with the math and the numbers. And it was kind of this cute little adventure of a young kid. And that just connected with me. And I, I enjoyed the, the, the gotchapon or whatever. What, what's it based on? The What's it called? Gachapon? Gachapon sounds about right. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's it. So the Japanese whole system of that really hooked in, and the little monsters. It was truly fantastic. Gachaman, it, Gachaman, what was Gachaman, Gachaman, something. Like, yeah, yeah, one of the yeah, something like that. Um, but yeah, so that was probably the next. There isn't a huge immediate. I remember this one time story, but it it defined an entire year or two of my life, and even further. I got silver and gold, and it never stopped and i i think that that's why pokemon means so much to me when i reviewed the latest sword and shield so is, so when when rob introduced it to you it was like uh he was like you're like hey rob what are you doing he's like oh i'm, I'm catching them all you gotta catch them all no, like was that was that the pitch I, no i i was not friends with rob when this game first came oh out. interesting yeah, uh, I actually played it with a, a friend of mine prior, you know, the, the only friend I had at my school prior to Rob. Um, so we worked on, so before I ever met Rob, I had caught all, what, 150 of the original Pokemon, I think it was. Oh, okay. So, yeah, I had originally done that with one of my other friends prior to Rob. So that, that tells you, like, Rob likes to take ownership of the nerdiness, but he, he wasn't the sole purveyor. He was just... I was already on the path. He just sort of went, "Hey, you want to get on my car? We're gonna go down the path a lot faster." He was, he was, he was your nerd Sherpa. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he was my my nerd sensei. <laughs> <laughs> your nerd senpai. <laughs> <laughs> like notice <Yeah>. me. <laughs> <laughs> um. So next, nothing really hit for a long time in my life until about mm, I would say late high school. When World of Warcraft hit. <laughs> oh, this is a good one. I think this one's pretty standard for most people's lives. Uh, at this point in my life, I was a full-blown nerd. I had played Diablo. I, I had... I, my my dick was full in on the nerd. I, I was I was dicks Well, you, you were like a Blizzard kid at this point. Uh, yeah, Warcraft 3. I didn't really play a lot of StarCraft at the time, and we'll get to that in a, in a little bit. But I had touched on it. It was a little too... 
by the time StarCraft came out, I was a little too young when it first came out, so I didn't quite get it. Um, but Warcraft 3 a lot. I did a lot of the used map settings with Rob. We played a lot of Lineage at the time. Uh, so Rob was introducing me to a bunch of games at this yeah. time. And World of Warcraft was one of the earlier ones that he showed me. And it it hooked me hard when I was a kid. I met a lot of friends on there. And I think that's what's so important to me. is I have a lot of friends now. I play D&D. But World of Warcraft made it so I had a lot of friends online at the time. I met, I met a train conductor and raided with this guy. And he would just chat with me all night. And this guy was a full-on adult chatting with like a fucking 13-year-old. Yeah, it was it was so well, not, it, it was cool that this this game World of Warcraft and, and we we should probably do something more on it in the future just because it was such a cross generational platform when it first came out for for people of different generations to interact, people from different generations of gaming, people who had not played a Blizzard game before, people who'd played them all, like it was just such such a grab all for gamers and people who were interested yeah. in that kind of stuff getting in on it. And it was really a phenomenon in its day. And back then, you know, 10, 12, 15 million players was a phenomenon. You know, it's you know, grown quite a lot since then. But that was really the first game that just sort of hit worldwide and all at once. It was like, this is the thing. This is a phenomenon yeah. now. It's, it's kind of like how Fortnite it, is now. That's how World of Warcraft was back then. Yeah, it made being a nerd kind of okay in public. There was a lot more people talking about how they played World of Warcraft, and it was more accepted. Well, and it was cool because a lot of the culture that it had pre predated and pre existed before this for a long time. So all the way from like Ultima Online days, right? So from the mid nineties, it was cool yeah. to kind of see all of a sudden all of that culture catapult forward into the modern era and how people interacted with that and the kind of customs that took shape uh some of them not so good some of them good uh lots of positive <laughs> interactions were in there as well people were getting married in the game and things like that like it was crazy and it was such a huge 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 phenomenon for its day so no man it's... it was kind of the original online uh dating app before <laughs> online dating apps <laughs> It was the it was lots of orcs, not lots of fish, lots of orcs. Yeah, but what's the over under on on your female friend character actually being played by male? <laughs> it's probably a pretty high chance. Probably. Oh man, <laughs> you, you were you were catfished a little less, a little more often back then. <laughs> yeah, but no, you really own a piece of that, man. Like you played you played from the get go. You played early, you and Rob, and and you guys really get to own a piece yep. of that because that was that yeah, Rob. Rob actually played in the beta, which is when he showed it to me. I didn't get no access. Shit. I was late in the beta. So I was in the beta, but I wasn't one of the original. He was one of the original. Um, so I, I got in just before release, but it was a big deal. Coincidentally enough, Rob was actually... Um, uh, Rob at this around the same time, which is hilarious, which is... This is really why WoW means so much to me, is at that same time, Rob unknowingly... Um, introduced me to my now wife back then as well oh okay okay Did... right around the same time and she got into it that's awesome um, that's awesome man it, it runs deep it runs real deep yeah it runs deep we my it's kind of the thing that you know every couple has that that's what they started doing you know, that's the thing that they did when they were young and they first started meeting that was their big thing together everyone sort of has a thing this was our thing i don't know how many hours i have spent in the same room as my wife do in a different world, but all both in the same room, doing the same things, working together, helping each other, and it it actually I think it solidified a lot of our relationship. Yeah, that's huge, man. That's huge. It's cool that it, it's cool that it sort of crossed into so many areas of your life. Ultimately, yeah. 
So that one's a big one. Uh, the next one was more in my... That was... World of Warcraft really hit hard in my college era when I was dating my wife. and But at this around the same time, I actually... That's... Oddly enough, it was released a lot sooner. But I didn't get into it. It didn't matter to me as much. Until now, when I started playing StarCraft at the college. So, so I think that's mentioned on some of the podcasts. I actually have a StarCraft tattoo. Star, for the StarCraft 1? Uh, yes. Actually. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Um, StarCraft 1 in my college days, I World of Warcraft started to dip because they started to release Cataclysm and yeah. things like that. And what took over was my competitive nature. That old competitive nature that I had from Super Mario Kart yeah. kind of came into StarCraft. And StarCraft 2 was just about to be released. I didn't know it at the time. But StarCraft 1 started kicking in. I started, the tournament started to kick in. The South Korea came, kind of started coming over to um, North America. What, what happened was they started to stream online. And that's when I could get into it. But StarCraft was super important to me at that time because it brought back that old competitive nature from Super Mario Kart that I always had it have and had in me. And it... I, they brought over all the VODs from South Korea, where it was really big, to North America. And that's what I would watch is the old South Korean anchors. You know, they're famous for that shit. That's amazing, man. But I watched all of that, got into it, got into tournament play. I played in a few small-time tournaments. Never went huge, but I played. And eventually, that led me into StarCraft Two, where that's kind of when I first started doing some online content creation, where I did... Um, do reviews of games and stuff online of Korean played games and discussing it. And I dove deep. It it still has me. I still play StarCraft 2 today. I don't play StarCraft 1, but when Remastered came out, I definitely did. But the game means mostly to me my competitive nature. And I have met a lot of friends and it defined my college era, I would say. Oh, dude, that's awesome. I, I played the crap out of it, just not competitively. So StarCraft 1 was amazing, man. Like, the, the map editor was so much fun. Uh, it was great kind of setting up different scenarios, and I got really into the lore, you know, behind the Protoss and the Zerg. I thought that was really cool. Uh, that, was, that, that game was a bit of a phenomenon. Like, you could kind of get into it no matter, you know, what kind of RPG gaming you were into, really, because it was such a tight strategy game. So that was... Oh, yeah. I would say, yeah, I definitely played Warcraft 1 and 2 a lot before that so like, really yeah, yeah you did work oh yeah man like it... i don't know any you were the first that i know that actually played warcraft one and two. Oh yeah <laughs> oh yeah i played the crap out of them back in the day it was so much fun man because it was kind of the same thing where you could set up you could do a map editor and build out different scenarios and me and my friends would spend so much time my one friend kyle he, he would spend so much time building out maps uh in both starcraft and and in the original two warcraft games and then and then playing those uh scenarios out it was so much fun but uh, it, nice. I just if there's a creative element in the game, like last week I was talking about SimCity, like the Skirk, the Urban Renewal Kit. Uh, if if a game like that has, you know, a strategy game has a creative element to it, I'm probably in on it. Like I just I really need that creative element to it. Oh, you must have been huge in Warcraft three then. So Warcraft three was great, man, but it hit at a bad time. It hit at a very bad time ah. for me. So I was I was way 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 more into consoles at that time, and I was in college. So for me, it was all about getting games that like other people would play with me, and uh, and and that one was just I didn't have a PC in my room, but I did have ah. uh, I did have a GameCube with Mario Kart Double Dash. So. <laughs> <laughs> so that was best, what I best Mario Kart ever, by the yeah, way. Yeah, yeah, it's super good game. So anyway, yeah, um, yeah no, I can I can see that though, man. Those are amazing games. Yeah. 
the Starcraft kind of it, it pervaded throughout my entire life. I still remember it when I was younger, and I would watch my cousins and my brother play it, and I didn't quite understand. But I always remember the game at all times of my life, yeah. and I really hit hard in college. The final game, I think, is not that. Im- I had a battle with the final game, so I'm going to give my final honor, honor, honorable mention that my wife would hate me that I took off my list, which was Hollow Knight. Okay, Hollow Knight was definitely <laughs> on this list, but it, it, domina- it dominated tr- Ronin Geek charts for for years, for years. <laughs> yeah, it it was very important to me, and notably. Um, my wife and I spent a lot of time together building maps and it was since some of those times with world of Warcraft, these are the moments that my wife and I really enjoy. These are the times that I will remember forever because we would just sit there and theory craft. Like we, I think, I don't know if we ever got the picture of it and put up on Ronin Geek, but we had think, you know, 12 printer pages, you know, eight by 11 or whatever it is taped together with a map drawn on it and her and I just sitting there like fucking generals in a war going so if we go down this path that'll get us here so we can make oh, it under this yeah, time I posted frame it on the Facebook page yeah so those are some really good times and I think my wife would hate me that I took it off the list because it's a very good honorable mention but I had to think about the one that you know I kind of already had that feeling with World of Warcraft I had to think of a game that fundamentally changed the way I act and none more I would say than Dark Souls. Ah, okay. Okay, I see where this is headed. <laughs> Dark, yeah, Dark Souls, you know, before I mentioned I had this huge competitive spirit, Super Mario Kart, right. StarCraft, a very, very competitive nature. And I still kind of have, I still, I still pretty am. But since Dark Souls, I have changed to be more about PvE and combat, not against a person, but against code, against someone who has coded this. And I don't know what it is, but the idea of loss doesn't hurt me as much when I lose against a computer because I can just keep trying. Right. But fundamentally, it taught me that losing isn't the end. I would get angry. I used to be a bad loser. Like, I, I would lose and I, I would say, like, oh, good game. <laughs> but inside, I wanted to fucking strangle your ass. <laughs> Dark Souls taught me not to do that. It taught me that loss is just a, oh, congratulations, the other person won, they played a good game, and you just get to try again later. There's only and winning I think and learning opportunities. Boom. There you go. And I, I'm serious. It seriously no, taught me that that's the philosophy, yeah. <laughs> and it, it was a phenomenal lesson. I think that mattered a lot in my life. It changed the way I played board games with my friends. It changed the way I play video games with my friends. I'm doing a kill team tournament right now, and I don't give a fuck if I win. As long as everyone has fun doing it, and it's all because of the lessons I learned from Dark Souls. <laughs> I think that game was extremely formative to a lot of gamers who got in on it, like right when the zeitgeist was happening around around the original couple games, and I, I was not a part of that. Uh, it's a game that I'm still afraid to play because I've tried it before, and it just beat the living <laughs> shit out of me, and it scared me off, and I still haven't gone back to it. But uh, I, I think the people who were in on that have similar sentiment, and it, it really changed the way they view challenges it really changed the way they view learning opportunities and kind of uh, using a loss to get better and and it just in a way that we really haven't heard in gaming in a really long time because just before dark souls the the criticism of dark souls was that it was too hard people thought it was too hard but leading up to dark souls games had become routinely very very easy even even on some of the harder settings and and that was a criticism of some of those games so then dark souls came out and the pendulum swung 
and the other direction. And, and it's slowly kind of recentered, I would say. But over the years, even even run of the mill games uh, have become more challenging as a result of what Dark Souls brought to the table. Absolutely. So that is my list. You can see how that defines me as uh, hopefully you can figure out how that defines me as a as a, uh, a human faked robot. Um, but that's pretty much it. I'm pretty basic, bitch. You, you brought these kind of games that I, I would consider more minute. I didn't even know some of the games you mentioned. And mine are just like, yeah, no, my, yours are all mainstream. Mine all were top sellers when they came out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, well, it's some of mine, though, like, uh, I, I guess most of mine were blockbusters for, for their days, I, you know, in terms of sales or whatever. But for me, it's just all about, you know, giving me a way to escape uh, on a personal level and, and not having to interact you with people. You want to create something? Yeah, and I want to explore. Like, I want to create and I want to explore. Those are the two things that really drive me in gaming. And so so if a game has one of those two things or a combination of those two things, I'm into it. I'm there. I'm all over that game. And uh, and, and, and certainly uh, Witcher has been taking me in that direction because holy shit. <laughs> so speaking of which, I think we can go into more recent uh, events more recent playing and watching not my history ah uh, yes so anyway that is a wrap on adam's top five most meaningful games and i would say those games definitely seem meaningful and informative to your gaming career are you anticipating are, are you anticipating what rob is gonna say um no rob remember rob was a nerd before i was before i even knew him there are definitely gonna be some games on there that i recognize but uh, he's going to bring some some really weird shit. He is one of those gamers that has played more games, more different games than anyone else I know. He doesn't always play them for the longest time, but they're games that are just strange as fuck because he's a strange as fuck, dude. <laughs> <laughs> are, are we going to get Doki Doki Literature Club? <laughs> no. No, I'm expecting like Battle Zone or some shit like that. Oh wow! Oh my god! Yeah, yeah, maybe. I, honestly, yeah, I, I, I'm sure people. There's people know. out there who would definitely say like Battle Zone, Tribes, you know, Dungeon Master, <laughs> like those those you know Turn of the Millennium, you know, PC games that that sort of caught on <laughs> well, the underground. Yeah, yeah. So it's uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Good times, man. Good times. He's gonna have a lot. I think I assume he's gonna have a lot more PC games because he got into PC gaming before most people did. So it'll be interesting. I, I'm interested in his list. I really am. Well, hell yeah, man. Hell yeah. Well, we'll talk to him eventually. Hopefully next week. He was busy today, but he he shall be back. He shall return. And uh, so, that but I think what's important is I want to make sure that I know we have everyone has a story. Gaming means something to everyone for whatever reason. So I really want to hear what some of our listeners, you know, the stories that they tell to a game. I just want, you know, just maybe one game, why it's important. Good. What story, Good what life out. story do you have? Good shout out. I agree. I, I would like this and, and I, I would like a few more games to discuss that are meaningful to people. So for our listeners out there, if you have a game, you know, similar to this topic we've been doing, that, that these top five games that are meaningful to us, I would love to hear from listeners if listeners have similar stories uh, behind a game that's meaningful to them. And I, I would love to hear what those stories are. So if you, if you have those stories, make sure to hit us up with those stories on Twitter at Ronan Geekery on Facebook. You can message us facebook.com slash Ronan Geek News. You can message us there and, and I, I will respond. You can hit us up via email at Ronan Geek official pod at gmail.com. Hit us up there with your stories and, and your most meaningful games. And we will shout you out on, on a future recording and, and cover that off. And, and, and I really hope to get a few entries. That would be great. I would love that. Yeah. 
Oh man, it'd be so much fun. And uh, and we will so we will I shred think... your memories in your childhood. No, I'm just kidding. We won't do that. <laughs> we will we will make fun of everything you love, everything <laughs> you hold dear. Oh man. Oh man. <laughs> I think I'm gonna kick this off su- real super quick because playing and watching is not much for me right okay. now. Uh, it's Monster Hunter. Still still <laughs> going hard still... on Monster Hunter, huh? Still going what's hard. Your, on what's Monster your like Hunter. level? Like what is your what is your like where would you be at in your Monster Hunter journey? Would I'm you say? pathetically low. So really? for those who would be playing the game, I am master rank 49. I have I, I have to do the quest that allows me to bump that up. So I'm probably closer to like 52 master rank. And I think I'm at like 60 or 70 hunter rank. Okay. I think I'm at like 73 or something, if I can remember correctly, somewhere around that range. So there's a lot of people who, if they play Monster Hunter a lot, they'll look at that and go, wow, you've barely started the what, game. What, what level are they at? It's absolutely true. They're probably at level uh, 150 200 oh, to 300 master rank. Oh dang. Yeah, it gets crazy. So, I haven't spent a lot of time doing it. It sounds like not a lot of time, but honestly what ends up happening is I spend most of my time online hanging out with friends, doing random quests, helping other people get to the state where we are and just fucking around. So, I don't really get a lot done, but uh, I have the right gear. My master rank doesn't go up a whole lot, but I've done a lot of it in all the optional quests. So, it's been spending a lot of time in it, which is nice. Well, hell yeah, man. Um, so that's that's and oh, and one there's final an thing. and there's an and. So I just finished watching all three Back to the Futures on Netflix. Oh, hell yeah, man. Yeah. What was what, so what's your, what's the uh, retrospective here? What are you into? It's still one of the best movie series, literally of all time. I, I'm not even joking. That's good to hear, man. I, I can't think of a single series, any individual movie. There are definitely. Uh, much better individual movies, I think, in the world. Yeah. But as a series, as a, a threeplex, or I, I would even consider if you condensed it how to how much fun and and value I got out of the entire Marvel Cinematic Universe, this is honestly better. Interesting. It, they did they did such a good job of taking uh, what, what's wrong, uh, continuity and Easter eggs from each movie and moving it forward. Yeah. There were, yeah, I could see that. They did a fantastic, like way more than you ever think, or than you can remember and think. It's, it's just been fantastic. too long since I've seen them. I think I, I don't know if I've if I've seen any of them in any at any point within the last decade. I don't think I have. That's upsetting. Yeah, yeah. I, sh- <laughs> I should go and watch them though. So I, I own them. They're somewhere around here. <laughs> wow, they're on Netflix. Uh, oh, that's true too. Yeah, that's true too. Yeah. So that's it. That's what I've. That, that's my plan and watching for the week. Cool. Yeah, my plan and watching is pretty simple. I, I let off a Final Fantasy VII remake to some extent because I was just going back through some of the missions or some of the chapters. I guess they're, they're called to, to find some of the missed items that I had in there. Probably not going to restart. Did you get them all, though? No, not yet. No, no. I, I'd still have stuff no. to do. But anyway, I'm letting off that because I got, I've got i got to play something else because I don't have a ton of playtime. And uh, that thing is The Witcher 3. As I said before, I got it on sale on PlayStation Network. It was like 20 bucks for the complete edition. And it has everything that is both oh. the major expansions it has the the major game and and everything else so it's pretty exciting to get that on the cheap and man what a deal so far i'm i'm loving oh. i'm loving some of the elements of the game it i definitely had to warm up to it a little bit because i'm playing it dude i started on normal in terms of difficulty and i've since moved into the easiest difficulty and wow you suck at games i do <laughs> and i'm still getting my ass handed to me so it's really? yeah yeah like i i was trying to do the first werewolf mission earlier and uh oh that one's rough and honestly i'm like 
I can't beat this fucking thing. Like, it's just beating my... Like, at one point, I thought I did beat it. And then it went into a cutscene. And then it comes out of the cutscene, and my power-ups aren't there anymore. And the thing kills me. And I'm just like, what the fuck? Like, why... Like, why is this happening to me? And it's a, that's like the Aww. lowest level quest that I currently have to complete. So I'm just going to move on anyway and just come back to it later. <laughs> just uh, come back to it Because in the game, I, I think this game, essentially, if I was to try to slot it in a genre, the genre would be like quest collector, like would be the, the, the genre that I would probably name this game because that's mostly what I'm doing right now is just collecting quests. Yeah. Just tons. Of, I can't, I've never but seen... So many the thing quests. Is, is each, yeah, each one of those quests. Well, you've never played World of Warcraft. Uh, oh yeah. Each yeah. one of those quests has meaning though. Like they're they're each almost like a small cinematic story in and of themselves, which is impressive. Yeah. And in so far, the ones I have completed have been impressively long and in depth, which is very cool. It's almost like watching an episode of The Witcher, right? And you get this sort of sub story in the game, and and it just goes to show like how much content and how much lore they have to draw on for the show too for netflix there's just i don't know how this company afforded to make that game because they i think everyone agrees they made sure that everyone else who's ever done an open world who's ever done an rpg they basically whipped out their dick oh yeah slammed it on their head and then pissed all over everything <laughs> how good this game is it's kind of a good way to put it and uh it, it, it does have a lot of modern design sensibilities so we're talking about Dark Souls earlier, there's definitely some Dark Souls-esque combat elements to it, so you're doing a lot of parrying and dodging, and 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 really, man, you get you get fucked up quick in this game. Like, if you're not careful, uh, even even a, yeah. a, a group of low-level enemies can really mess you up if you're not if you're not being careful. Uh, and then there's some really impressive battle moments as well, where you pull off some some moves and attacks that you didn't realize you you could or you could. I do. don't know how far you've gotten in the game but it definitely gets easier as you get power-ups and you get better weapons it be when i i did the final boss fight and the final boss fight was a joke okay i was on hard. yeah see and i've just started so, experimenting i think today was the first time i even equipped a mutagen because i didn't even know that was something you mm. could do so I, i'm starting to figure out the systems a little bit more uh, and how they intertwine and there are a lot of systems like there are so many systems yeah. and and not just you know, you have you have armor and you have weapons, but they have ratings and they have levels and they have attributes and they have, you know, mods that you can add on to them and you have to repair them from time to time. And it's just so the simplest system is you very in-depth. Mr. Cheat Man, I'm going to give you I'm going to give you a cheat. Woo, here we go. So this isn't cheating the system. It's just being better at that system than all. The I enemies. like. So there is a you know, they have the signs, right? They're kind of spells yep. that you can yep. do. There's one. I think I'm getting the. I might be getting the name wrong, but it's Quen, which is the shield. Okay. So the 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 so one that happens, I'm currently not dumping anything into. Okay. <laughs> probably. So what happens is the way that shield works is it has a certain amount of health, and when, so when you cast it, you get like a an armor value. You basically get an extra temporary hit points, and every time an enemy hits you, it punches through those hit yep. points. And but it doesn't hurt your health. But once it hits to the max of that Quen's hit points, it breaks the shield, and you have to recast it. But when it breaks it, but, like, it explodes. Yes, it does. But here's the deal: the damage. So let's say your Quen, and I don't know the exact numbers, but let's say your Quen had an HP of ten. Okay. And the opponent did twenty damage. The ten extra damage doesn't hit Geralt. Interesting. It just nullifies all 20 damage. Your shield's broken, so all you have to do is you go in there, you cast Gwen, Quen, 
I think it is. And you attack until they hit you. You don't even have to worry about dodging. Dodge if you want to delay for a bit because it takes time for Quen to be able to recast. Dodge if you can. But if you can't, so what? Take the hit, back out, roll dodge out, and then cast Quen again and go back in. <laughs> and that's all it, That's all you have to do. That's how you can win every single battle. Interesting. Well, I do have several uh, experience points or, I don't know, skill points that I can dump into it right now. So I will because I was working on... The obvious ones like Ard and Igni and things like that. So that's that's the force push and uh, and the fire attacks, and they're they're okay. okay yeah, yeah, yeah. They're okay. They're kind of more like a stun type attack, right? They just kind of slow yeah. enemy down a little bit. They don't really do a lot of fire damage per se. Uh, however, some enemies do have more of a, uh, an affinity for or against certain elements, so I, I think maybe the fire does hurt more enemies. But I'm I I'm in the game. I've made it past the initial area of the game which is smaller and it's sort white, of a tutorial white horse or white yeah or white something. yeah white orchard or something like that white and orchard, um it. and i've made it to the 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 actual like the meat and potatoes of the game and you know you when you finally make it to that area because you open up the map and you look at how far you've traveled to get somewhere and it's just like a little sliver <laughs> of that map and you're like holy shit like this thing is <laughs> yeah, yeah. absolutely massive it seems like you know, if I was if I was to guess, it's probably three or four times the size of like uh, the Skyrim map. Um, it's just it's oh, massive, definitely. absolutely massive. And uh, and anyway, and it's all open. Like you can go anywhere you want. Oh, like, and right you know you know that that's not the only map, right? What do you mean? So there's the map that you're looking at, which I forget the name of that continent or whatever it is, whatever that area, the whole Velen? area is. Is it Velen? No, no, Velen is just like a small area of that whole map, but. That that continent map, there is an island. Novigard. That's what it's called. <laughs> no, no, no. Novigard is specifically no, no, Novigrad. Novigrad. Novigrad is one portion of it. It's still just a town oh. or a city. Because it like seems big. It seems very big. <laughs> it seems big. It's not. It's not the biggest map. No, it's not all of it. But even after that, there's still a whole other island. What? Skellige. Oh, that's right. Because you have to go there to meet Yennefer. Yeah. Interesting. I didn't realize that would be like. So a, the world's. A, is it also very big? Uh, it's just shy the size of that. Okay. Map. Okay. Yeah. So where I'm at. It's also very size. Yeah. Where I'm at now is is fairly big. It's still it's still quite a lot of like wooded area, and there's some swamps and rivers and and some waterfalls, and then the city in it, Novigrad, is massive. It's absolutely massive for for like a fantasy game. I'm shocked by how big it is. Like it's. So I'm trying to think of the biggest city in Skyrim. It probably would have been like um, uh, not White Run, but but the one up to the north of White Run, where the 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 sort of the one with the Yarl. Yeah, yeah. It, it's anyway. I can't remember what it was called, but it's it's tiny, tiny in comparison to Novigrad and how big Novigrad is, and and it is gorgeous. Like for a medieval city, it it's like spot on, man. Or I guess this would have been like more post medieval, like because some of the architecture looks kind of nice. But it's really, really a fascinating game so far, and and it took a little bit to grow on me at first. Um, they really throw you into it, and I spent a lot of time at the very beginning, just sort of running for my life and uh, <laughs> and like frantically calling the horse, yes, and chowing. Apples. Oh my god, the drowned! Holy shit! Yeah, the first time you fight some of these enemies, it's like it's just terrifying, man. Like they just they rip you up pretty quick. And, uh, and and so you're like watching them from far away, like sneaking around, and like, oh, what are we, you know, what are they all about? What are these guys gonna do? You know, and then you kind of run up on them. But the game just lets you go wherever you want, similar to a Skyrim. But yeah. in Skyrim, 
the enemies technically level up with you to some extent. So yeah. you in- well, they they kind of do in this game too. No, they don't. What are you talking, dude? I'm ninety percent of the enemies I'm running into wipe the floor with me, and 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 for the level on them, it's just question marks. They're so far ahead of me that I can't even tell what level they <laughs> <Hey>. are. <laughs> I may maybe it's just well game design, but I don't like I do remember eventually the drowned and stuff become a non problem, but I don't remember it could be because you know level like they would still hurt me when they hit me. You just get so much better at fighting them. Yeah, and that's the thing, right? I'm noticing right away that I'm doing a lot of dodging and I'm even getting pretty good at the parry uh, for for especially human enemies that are in the game. So I mm-hmm. am improving, which which I'm quite surprised by. In fact, after this, I might have the confidence to tackle something like Dark Souls because this is very tactical combat. And like when I played um, like Jedi Fallen Order, like that, it kind of starts getting into that a little bit. But it's a there's like a major handicap in that game, and that you you have a life bar that's continually getting much longer, and you, you can just take so many hits by the time you get into the late game. But in this game, yeah. if if you let an enemy get like a full combo off on you, like you're gonna like you're going to hurt like you you're going to need to heal oh, yeah. you're going to need something to get you through that fight and uh and, and it's not easy even on the easy mode like it's i chose it because it said you could just focus on the story or whatever but i'm still getting my ass handed to me by by most <laughs> everything around um i've honestly some of the difficulty matters in the story because that difficulty does it seems to make certain aspects of the game more rewarding you'll make a story choice and because of that story choice you're fighting something rather than just making it walk away and i think that has more of an impact oh yeah totally totally like it's it definitely feels like you did something when you win one of these battles like it definitely feels like you accomplished something uh one of my criticisms of the game would be the leveling Uh, i don't know how many how many levels can you get Geralt up to in this game like what's the I don't think I ever maxed it out. So I don't okay, know. yeah. So I'm I'm like level six right now, and I'm really grinding. Like I'm killing a lot of things, and uh, and and things that are even higher level than grind me. doesn't get you experience in this game. Yeah, it's weird. Like you have to complete quests, but some of the quests are like yes, they're just so far ahead of me in terms of level. I just don't know if I'll be able to complete them. Like I could pretty much do anything up to level ten now. I think, uh, except for that werewolf one, it's just beating my ass over and over because I'm missing items that I need. Um, and that's the other thing too is you you have to be prepared for some of these battles. Yeah, like you like you really have to go that, do your research. I'll be honest, that kind of goes away. I can tell you that by I don't want to say the end of the game, but mid game or after, I basically never used mutagens because fuck it, I don't need it, and I would just go into a fight blindly and go. Eh, Quen swing, Quen swing, <laughs> Quen swing. It just didn't matter anymore. Oh, so great. I, I cared more about the story and more about the characters than the combat. The combat was something to to me. The combat was something to break up the the story. It was something. It was something for you to click buttons yeah, yeah. with. But the meat and potatoes of that game is the characters because you make decisions in that game. You don't realize the repercussions of those decisions decisions right away. Games like Mass Effect kind of engineered the pre the original you know yeah. uh, what's that choice wheel right. if you will the conversation choice wheel. But they were pretty much glorified yes no choices like which it was pretty obvious what path you were going to take. In this one, you'll make a decision and then ten hours later that decision will come oh, back dude, to but haunt the, you. The payoff for some of the decisions is immediate too. Um, like, Some of like, them, yeah. uh, when, when I had the, I just had the encounter with, uh, with Letho, 
uh, who's a character who had been in the previous Witcher games. He's another Witcher. And uh, and I won't spoil it, but, like, you could tell, like, if you chose the wrong thing there, there would have been an immediate repercussion. Like, it would it would have changed the yeah. course of that particular storyline immediately. So I, I think the payoff, oh, the payoff sure. is quick, and, and I'm guessing long-term. I'll run into some of these decisions again. Uh, but I'm, do, I'm doing the best I can to be a good Witcher. Trying to be a good, a noble, a noble witcher. <laughs> You're, I think once you, you need to come back to this podcast and discuss it. And I think we can discuss it as a group. Once you've completed the bloody Baron storyline. I'm doing that one right now. I'm doing good. that one right now. It's going to take a while. There are two or three different phases to it. But I swear to God, everyone I know, that is the best story arc in a game anyone no has shit. ever experienced. So enjoy it. Make your decisions because it will change the way things yeah. go and it will change the feelings you get. And I want to hear how Yeah, I know. I'm literally you. in the middle of that one right now. Uh, I just started it. So Great. Yeah. Oh, very cool. Okay. So, yeah, I was, I've, I've been really dogging it, too, kind of working my way up to the starting point for that. So now I'm just going to run run right into it. So. Uh, yeah, I do. I do like that, man. There's, there's like so many enemies in this game that I've encountered already, like so many different varieties and so many types. Like it really is a rich world full of enemies to kill. And I love that they just sort of show up as well. So similar to, you know, like, a, a, almost like a Skyrim situation where a dragon just swooped in at one point and just started going after me. <laughs> and I'm just like, I was on Roach at the time, the horse just like running as fast as I could. Just fuck, 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 fuck. Like just trying to get away. Like... <laughs> I always enjoyed when I would be running through a forest and then suddenly you hear an, a howl and there's pack mentality wolves that would try and run you down from the sides yeah. and they'd end up chasing behind you. And you're on a roach just running as fast as you can, trying to dodge the trees going, for God's fucking sakes, don't throw me. <laughs> <laughs> I've only been thrown by the horse. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> I'm terrible at riding a horse, but uh, yeah. Oh, it's, it's awful. It's Skellig is terrible. It's very uh, vertical, oh. so it goes very poorly. Oh, shit. Okay, okay. Yeah, the vertical areas are tough in this game. They're pretty tough. And uh, I, I I love that some of the areas in the game feel so, like, dark and forlorn. Like, it's just some of the areas just, like, I don't even want to be there. Like, it's so nasty. And uh, it's, it's cool to kind of <laughs> get into areas like that in the game because it's just, it's such a, uh, it's a world that, that has some beauty in it. And it's not explicit beauty that I've seen so far. It's sort of implied, and and but the dark areas are just—they're nasty, dude. Like it's oh, they've got some—they've got some beautiful areas. Don't kid yourself; you just haven't seen. Yeah, them I do yet. like the watery area around the uh, Novigrad. There's some really nice areas around there that I that I've explored. Uh, and then I ran into some level like thirty drowners that were just rocking me out on this island. So. Yeah, good times, man. Good times. Anyway, I do highly recommend it. Uh, if you can catch it on sale, catch it on sale. Uh, yeah, this game would absolutely be worth it at full price, from what I can tell. I'm maybe, you know, ten or twelve hours in or thereabouts, and uh, and I'm really enjoying it. It's growing on me pretty quick, and uh, and I'm starting to get more into the RPG elements of it. In fact, I would say this is almost more of a middle of the way RPG than than you know something like. Uh, you know, Skyrim being so far to the Western side of RPGs and this sort of European style action RPG is definitely a different flavor. And, and I'm really digging it. Yeah, it's, I'm really digging it for sure. It it definitely have, has a different feeling and it has a good feeling. It's strange that it just it's it was kind of newish to people, but that new was very welcome and very um, mature, I think, is the oh, best way to say mature. it. It felt like it wasn't 
it, it wasn't it took from everywhere and kind of went i'm gonna cherry pick that and this and we're gonna make something good out of it and it's very windy there it's very windy in this place yes the wind is just always always howling man and the trees are just going so crazy and i'm just like wow i wonder how much like power it's taking from the ps4 to be able to blast all those trees around all over the place i'm just like what is happening so I'm looking, fucking put a windmill up get some money yeah, out of some this. sort of gale and i'm like what is going on here some sort of some sort of storm situation uh all the time and you're like inside a building sometimes and it's still blowing through you and you're just like oh my god this place sucks like <laughs> Who lives that here? You would be frozen so quickly. The heat would just be, get sapped right out of you. You walk outside immediately. Oh, yeah, man. Oh, yeah. It's it's such a nice place. Uh, oh, I, oh, I keep running into the one guy. I love this guy. He's like, he like you show up and he's like, uh, he's like, oh, I'm trying to like avenge my 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 lady or trying to honor her name. And you're like a little bitch. So I'm going to fight you. And then you tell him like, hey, I don't want to fight guy. And then he fights you anyway. You have to, like, kick his ass. <laughs> and then he goes away for a while, and you run into him again. I've run into him three times already. I keep kicking his ass. So I <laughs> love that, that sort of little side quest. And another little weird side quest that I, I ran into this lady on the road, and she's um, she's got, like, a shrine. And the shrine had fallen over, and she's she's now enlisted me to to fix up all the shrines that I find laying on the ground all around all around the world. So... Uh, so there's just a cool little, cool little, you know, story beats in there that you kind of run into, uh, randomly as you're riding around. So very cool stuff. Very cool. Anyway, Witcher three, get it. If you don't have it yet, play it. It's definitely worth it. So. Yeah. If you haven't get it, you've been, you've been living under a, a rock, get the fuck off your ass and go play it. So hell yeah, man. But that's really it for my playing and watching. Uh, just doing that Orna as, as usual. Um, watching wise, what did we watch? Nothing, nothing of import, I would say. Um, nothing sci-fi-ish or fantasy or anything like that. But anyway, how far have you made it to Rick and Morty stuff? Uh, oh, I've, I've, I'm all caught up. Um, I'm caught up on the current nice. season, and I've probably watched another thirty-ish you know, episodes. So just uh, whatever it records on the PVR, and, and I'm loving the show, dude. It's so good. Uh, but what was which episode was actually the newest one? Which one was it? The newest one, oh my god, was not, I don't think it was the acid bath one. It was... Was it the one with the clay people? Yes. That's oh, the one. okay. Yep. Uh, yeah, Rick's yeah son. so I just watched that yesterday. That, that was pretty good. It was enjoyable. <laughs> yeah, that was great. The battle with basically Zeus. Yeah. <laughs> it was super good. Super good. Right. I love that uh, they're taking time with uh, Summer and Morty's relationship now because I like their dynamic. So they're just, they're such siblings. Oh, it's, it's great. great. Oh man, it, it's it's fantastic. My wife is is, she didn't really get into it, but I don't know what changed her mind. Suddenly, we were done Avatar. I'm like, okay, well, what are we watching next? What's the show that we're watching next? And she went, okay, let's do Rick and Morty. We started watching it. She ha- she can't stop. Every dinner, like, let's watch an episode. Oh, dude, it's it. addictive. Yeah, and and I'm watching everything. I've watched some episodes twice already, man. I just I'm loving it, and and I can't believe just how smart the show is like it's just freaking smart and and just fun and the comedy is right up my alley and uh and and i like that it doesn't pull its punches like it's it's dark when it needs to be it's it's you know dirty when it needs to be it's violent when it needs to be and uh and you get that stuff in spades so it's been yeah it's been a journey i love it so late to the party and all kinds of stuff that's it yeah that's it man that's all i got uh and and i think we did pretty good man we're coming up on uh 90 minutes, and that's even without Rob. So, yeah, we talked a lot. Ah, we don't need Rob. Where? Who? Who? Rob, come back. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
Oh, man. But uh, presumably he will be back next week, and he, he must bring his top five most meaningful games along with him. So he must. So he, he must. has had plenty of time. So uh, anyway, that's it for Rona Geek Fish Podcast episode 91. And this is Alex Austin signing off. And Plebeian Isolated Adam. Cool. Talk to you later.